What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Ba, 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 ba. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news, the most controversial topics with a touch of what, Terrence? Touch of, um, uh, what do you call it? Equalizing humor. Humor equalizing humor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a that's a new descriptor. Yeah, yeah. Equalizing humor. I think the power of humor is is you can't deny that like, humor can can make any message palatable for your audience. What made you want to use that descriptor specifically on this Saturday morning? Uh, no, I mean it's just uh, interesting. I think the things we've been talking about, uh, you know, have exploded into a, a lot of comments on subreddit. Whether it was about you know Dave Chappelle's. Uh, Netflix special and uh, things like that lah. So so, just just the, uh, I mean, it's interesting. To just reflect on the the topic of humor and you know what what humor means and what it does for a lot of people. Hmm. Oh, I mean, speaking of which, the the employee walkout for Netflix did happen, mm-hmm. right? Correct. Correct. Yep. Yep. It it, it did happen lah. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think there was a counter protest, which was mm. of a much uh, smaller number. Yeah. But yeah, wow. so you've had an introspective week. Uh? It is, it is. It, is. It's been, it has been one, a week like that. Uh, but yeah, a lot but of before, time to think. Uh, yeah. But before thinking yes. some more, can you yes, yes, d- yes. deliver the plug that we need to give? The plug, which is that, um, I mean, we've been doing this podcast for a while now. We've got over 220 plus episodes and thankfully, it continues to grow. And we're very grateful. So if you want to play a part in helping it grow even more, it would be great if you could, you know, just share uh, your favorite episode or any episode that made you think that even made you angry. Uh, if you could share that with someone who may not have heard of us yet. Mm, mm, that's right. Mm, mm, mm. But it's been cool. a, it's quite a tragic, quite a tragic week as well for everyone in the film industry, I think, and uh, no, not just in, not just in the US, lah. But I think it's just a you know it's a time to also step back and and think about the safety measures on set and everything like that, which has been a topic of discussion in recent times. With uh, I think uh, there was an impending strike, right, by mm. by the Hollywood, uh, by bas- basically uh, freelance crew on Hollywood sets. Uh. Um, yeah, yeah. This this off the back of all that. What is this topic? This topic is the tragic news that Alec Baldwin um, actually I won't start with him like that unfortunately a cinematographer Helena Hutchins a 42 year old I think it's rising Helena, star right? Helena right oh Helena yeah. Helena Hutchins a rising star in the in Hollywood right um, mm. as a cinematographer was tragically killed on set mm. while shooting the film Rust of which Alec Baldwin is starring in mm. Mm. And she was killed by a tragedy involving a prop gun that was f- allegedly fired by Alec Baldwin. Mm, mm. And uh, Alec Baldwin was also a producer of the film as well. Uh, yeah, correct. Point out, yeah. I mean, I think like we don't need to introduce Alec Baldwin that, that much. He's kind of like a legend of Hollywood. He's been in over 100 films and TV shows, won multiple Emmys, um, made famous recently because of his impersonations of Trump. Mm. Um so so yeah, he's not a he's not a B lister like he's a hardcore A lister and yeah yeah when this news came out like I mean we, what we're gonna go into the details of like yeah the the tragedy of the news why prop guns are used in the first place and all that but what was your thoughts when you saw this? Eh? Um, I mean my immediate thing was was just wondering whether whether it was like just um you know a, a, an actual quarrel that happened on set or something and then. And you know, uh, an actor got really angry and grabbed the gun and shot shot somebody. Because apparently the the I mean, uh, Helena Hutchins got shot right in the chest. So so it's mm. it's almost as if yeah, it was directed at her lah. Um, but but then I think uh, you know, just reading a couple of articles about it, then you realize like, oh, it's actually an accident, and 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 more likely than not, it was just that she was behind the camera. And the scene required Alec Baldwin to, you know, be pretending to be to to point the audience. Uh. Mm. Uh, so yeah, then, then I mean the more I thought about it, then I realized, oh shit, yeah, it is it was an accident and and super tragic, uh, super tragic. Cause I mean definitely you definitely have to mourn, you know, uh, 
very talented cinematographer who's still very young, considered very young in the industry and everything. And uh, she's a lady as well, you know, a very male-dominated industry. Um, but mm. at the same time, you, I mean, can you imagine if you're the one that pulled the trigger and, and, and you, you, you thought that it was safe and everything, but you pulled the trigger? Like, how how crazy is that, man? Yeah, so, I mean, right now, there's been a slew of reactions. Of course, a lot of people are sharing their condolences and like just sharing how tragic this thing is, but there have also been people who have like gotten really angry about the use of such guns on set. There's a petition mm. to ban all live firearms on set. So maybe maybe before we go into that, maybe we just define certain things that that I wouldn't have known uh the meaning of if I wasn't in the industry. Mm, okay. So so like Helena being the cinematographer, right? She's mm. basically the person she's like like uh no one uses like cameraman on set because that just implies that, uh, okay, is is one person behind a camera. A mm. cinematographer, there is a lot of skill in terms of operating the camera, you know, helping the director decide what the shot is going to look like, whether to point the camera this way, whether to point the camera that way. And it's quite a quite a powerful position on any set. Yeah. Because, yeah. 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 No, I think, I think you, uh, important to say that it's not just a technical role, uh. I think yeah. uh, a lot of actors uh, like to say, oh, you know, tech team, tech crew, tech this, tech that. But actually, when you really boil it down, like uh, operating a camera, deciding where it's pointing and things like that, it's a very artistic, a lot of artistic decisions are made uh, by the cinematographer as well. Uh, mm. You know, the, the sayings that film is, I mean, the cinematographer's job is to paint with light, uh, basically. So yeah. just imagine a, a blank scene or composition and, and the cinematographer's job is to decide where to you know where to where to place lights or where to place talent or where to place the camera and things like that such that it looks beautiful yeah, yeah. it's like if you tell any Instagram boyfriend that all you do is oh take pictures they'll be like hey fuck you lah, okay? there's a lot that I put into taking the photos you know I mean not not all lah, but some lah. Yeah, but, yeah 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 but I think it, I think that's, that's even something that we have to we've, we've had to learn ourselves lah, right Coming from the yeah, YouTube space yeah. as well, where we we used to say, "Oh, it's a very technical thing." That that is a very big divide between the technical and the creative. But actually, when it boils down to to what they actually do in the job, is is I mean, it's just a lot of creative work as well, So yeah, it, I think, in essence, yeah. it is a. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I would consider them like uh, very artistically inclined as well. Yeah, because I mean, I think like in general, the people who get the most credit are the director and lead actor. Right, mm. but for any director, right? I think most directors might not even be the best at operating a camera, mm. um, right? And and the director might have the vision, but the cinematographer puts that vision onto, like, plays a big part in bringing that vision to life, lah. So yeah, so she was behind the camera, and mm. I think like I I agree with you. My own thought process also that okay, like was it was it some fucking violent thing or something? But the fact that another the other person who was injured was the director, right? Mm. Um typically on set the cinematographer and director have a close relationship and for certain more close up shots and all the director can be right next to the cinematographer. Mm. So yep, yep. so the director also got injured, was brought to hospital, thankfully he survived. Mm. And and next is the prop gun. Well mm. what is your how would you define a prop gun? I think uh, prop gun in this case generally means uh, uh, it can it can mean even just a dummy like a wooden dummy, or it could mean mm. uh, literally a gun that can still fire blanks or what lah. But but unlikely that you know maybe it can't fire live rounds per se lah. You know, but uh, generally it's it's a gun that's used to simulate what is a what to 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 look like a real gun on screen lah. Mm. Actually. Actually, based on certain definitions on websites like uh, the Yale College uh, undergraduate prop, uh, program and mm. certain other unions and websites, a prop gun can also mean a legitimate gun that mm. is just not loaded with... Uh, it, it is used as a prop. La. Why you must why you must reference Yale? Uh? Because of Yale and US I mean, specifically. That's no, la, that's the tab Yale. that I... No, la, <laughs> they put out... Uh, it was quoted in one article on, on USA Today. So... I'm but sure it's a liberal arts college. He doesn't he doesn't know anything about all these technical terms. This fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know whether to patronize your your comment. It was just one of the tabs, one of my many tabs. 
Okay, I just, uh, I just find it interesting that Yale, for some reason, was brought up. But anyway, yeah, Yale yeah. will never leave us. Uh, after yeah. that podcast with the Yale Anniversary, yes, Yale yes. will never leave us. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a prop weapon can actually mean like a real uh, gun that just isn't loaded with firearms. Like, like same way with knives, right? On set, mm. you can have a prop knife, which is made of rubber and all that, but you can also have real knives. Mm, mm, correct, right? correct. And, yep. and the thing that I never knew before we started doing shoots with, with guns is that... Um, if, if, if even if it's a prop gun, right? Even if it's a gun that's not meant to fire firearms, there is always someone attached to it. Like even in Singapore, where you know mm. the practices are not as robust as the US, there's mm. there are people who specialize, and especially in Hollywood, there are people who specialize fully and focus on as professional prop masters specific to guns, mm. Mm. Correct, correct. And 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 there's a whole range of like um uh protocols that that film sets in the US must follow, like, And I would imagine that film sets in the US, especially ones that are starring people like Alec Baldwin, they are like they they have to be like they they do employ union folk, uh, or they should like they should employ union folk, and it's a, almost mm. like a regulated ship, la, mm. right? Which is why right. which is why I think it it's a very shocking thing, like because even in Singapore, the one set that I was on, not uh ours that had guns, yeah, there was one person who was always there. Mm. And he was the only person who would be uh, in charge of the guns um, when we were not filming. Like, and he wasn't a, a, an actor or producer or something. His company specialized in the loaning out of prop guns. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's very um, very heavily controlled as well. The the mm. distribution and production of these kind of prop guns. Like you can't, like even as a production company, if you had a 3D printer that could print out a, you know, a pretty realistic looking gun or something, you can't just do that lah. It would be you'd definitely be contravening certain laws or something in place, lah. Uh, yeah. And 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 I think any production that uses wants to use guns also needs to observe those rules as well, lah. Yeah. So then, then in my mind was like, how the fuck could this have happened? And mm. and right now everything is quite under wraps. And Alec Baldwin has put out a statement. Um, he shared con- his condolences with his family. There's a picture of him. Kind of like bending over by the side of the road, looking distraught. I assume it's mm. a picture from the set. Mm. Um, and there's a wave of discussion, lah. But um, do you find anything that kind of gave you an idea how this could have happened? Uh, I mean, two possibilities, lah. One is uh, human error, because apparently an AD had passed the gun to uh, Alec Baldwin, saying there's a cold gun, uh, shouting that it's a cold gun, meaning that it's um, it wasn't loaded. But he got it from a from a you know a prop gun handler la. someone the, the guy who was mm. in charge of handling the prop gun uh, but that's the thing la, right you know in the, in the army it's like when you're handed a weapon right you always have to check clear and then clearly then you hand over to someone then that person has to check clear also la, right uh, mm. as a procedure so in this case I guess the assistant director either uh, you know either was not trained or he didn't bother to like uh, check la, the gun whether whether there, there might be something in there like a live round or something like that, uh, so that there's one possibility because I think there's some there there are different articles coming out saying that there might have been a live round in there lah. Uh, mm. then, then some are saying that it was just blanks or what. Uh, then the the second one is that not not human error but um, it could be one of those freak accidents like the one that killed uh Bruce Lee's son Brandon Lee mm. in 1993 mm. on the set of The Crow, uh, mm. where basically. There was a remnant of a of a bullet from that had been previously been fired within the gun that was stuck in the barrel, and then when they fired this blank, it was dislodged from from inside the barrel, and they shot out like a projectile into Brandon Lee's abdomen, and killed yeah. him. So because, um, uh. yeah, so so that that that's so that's actually, I mean, I would classify that as a technical thing and not so much human error because you can't really because when you fire blanks shit can fly out la. shit can fly out dust or remnants from, from anything so so it still remains quite a dangerous thing to fire a blank at someone la. because I think I think Singaporeans are in a unique position to to have like half the population having interacted with blanks in some mm. way la, right to mm. army la, right yeah and are you sure I half? Think blanks, are you sure half are you sure half of it uh, yeah, la, I, w- I would say, no, I would say about half. I would say about half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're That's talking the gender about breakdown, service. right? Huh? Basket, you in a you in a sassy mood today. Huh? I was Saturday morning, you, bro. Gender, gender is a fact, bro. Gender is a fact. 
<laughs> no, but yeah, half lah. Yeah Isn't la, the population uh, breakdown in Singapore? Uh, okay, so if okay. you extrapolate across any demographic, chances are half lah, right? Mm, okay, okay. And even if you go through BMT, there's a high chance you. And why am I getting into that? But anyway, yes, <laughs> blanks. Yeah. Typically, blanks blanks in army are like these things that look like bullets. Um, that you put in your M16 or SAR21 or whatever weapon, and mm. you fire, and there is a there is a flame lah, right? There is mm. a flame outside. Yeah. But you are also told don't point at other people. But I think generally, if you fire a blank, you know that yeah, like what Terence said, some things can be expelled lah. Mm. The the thing about how blanks are made, um, the thing is they're still gunpowder. Mm. So if you are super close to it, you would feel some force lah, and yeah. Yeah. and. Apparently, the way blanks are made, they're also not as how you say uh, has um has, has fixed as as a uh, gun bullets where you have gunpowder and the pellet. So, yep. uh, some some articles have said that sometimes they are wads of paper and cotton kind of compressed into a bullet shape at the end of the gunpowder just to have more flame more fire mm-hmm. because that's what you want to capture on camera. Yeah, I mean, uh, take right. everyone back to the the army days. If you remember the how the blank looked. It's basically like a bullet casing, but at the end of it, the the casing, it's like creamed. It's like it's like kind of pinched like that, right? A bit like how yeah, you know yeah. when you make a when you make a those Chinese dumpling, the xiao long pao, and then you pinch it at the top, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, so yeah. that's how a blank looks like. So my understanding is that underneath that pinch is probably some additional, uh, something called a wadding or wax or something, to 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 prevent the gunpowder from you know like really shooting out Yeah. And uh, do you mm. remember? Do you remember last time? Um, in army or so, there's this thing called the blank attachment. Uh no. Huh? You don't. Uh? You don't remember? No. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, you because I guess you never, you never go through the 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 unit and all that. You you don't use it as yeah, much. Yeah, the uh. attack lah, attack. No, no, no. What nice no, flex ah? No, no, attack. It's just <laughs> any general any exercise in the army. Like uh, in the unit, you actually have to bring out your own blank attachment and all. Uh. Oh, what's so, a blank attachment? What's a? I I think you have used probably used it at least once in BMT or or, or whatever. Um, but it's this. Uh, you know they always ask you to when you're firing blanks to unscrew your muzzle of your mm. M16 last time. And oh then, yeah, correct, and then correct, correct, Screw correct. on this little cap that is like usually painted yellow or red or some really bright or uh conspicuous color, so that they can tell that you've you've switched out your your thing lah. But basically, it's literally correct. like just a metal cap that you cover your barrel with. So ah, it was at this moment when I read about this accident, I realized oh shit, that's why we were using those blank attachments, is to prevent like shit from flying out from the barrel and hitting somebody. Oh, uh, okay. I think I don't remember because I was officer la, So I just guess I want to do it for me la. Oh, you don't need fire gun, or is it officer? Or oh, paper, paperwork, <laughs> oh, paper, paper officer. Well, if Harish I was fired. a scholar, he'd be he'd be prime minister now, man. Paper general all the way. I fired a gun through email. I fired a gun through email. I load up with hockey type stick, type and boom, press enter. Hockey stick, hockey stick. Whack one hockey ball before. No, but, hockey stick was my gun. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, basically everyone in the in in the military. Haraki has to carry a weapon la, during wartime. Mm, mm, yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. Mm, mm. yeah, just pointing yeah, so, out. <laughs> 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 well, I feel like you and I have to have a talk after this. Yeah. I feel like you got some some un, un, unvented uh, uh, sentiments. Uh. No, la, good morning, bro. Relax, no, bro. You know, I got a very love-hate relationship with the army and all that. La. You know, how <laughs> army didn't treat me with as much love as I treated the army. That's why I always very bitter about it. La. Whatever you want oh, to say, like. <laughs> I mean that's 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 the that's what everyone likes to say, all right? Oh, of course you never become officer. That's why you like that. You know that. Yeah, okay lah, okay lah. <laughs> say like that, okay lah. Don't make it seem like I love the army, because I was officer. I love it. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I also have my own sentiments. But yeah, the blank but attachment, yes. guys. It was it, it might have blank. saved your life or my life at some point or another. Yeah, Be- because the the thing is right. This death right is not the first uh, uh onset death um. Over the years, like I think overall, they've since nineteen thirty or something, there've been uh, like a uh, hundred people on. Okay, fuck. I'll find that number later. But but most recently, yeah, uh, there was that Brandon Lee. But there was also another accident that I didn't know until the story. I think nineteen eighty four. Right? For for Brandon Lee, is it? No, no, no another actor uh, that that pointed a gun at his own head, and then yeah, it, had, and it was blanks as well. 
and that was that was fucking crazy because um the, the actor was John Eric Hexum. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was in nineteen eighty four. So for Bruce Lee, the one you mentioned that um there was something that was lodged in the barrel that was shot out. That mm. that's like like fucking unfortunate because it's like is a random thing la, that that yeah. the, the thing is not supposed to be in the barrel, right? Yeah, yeah, but for yeah. this John Eric Hexham, he was on set and after he found out that there would be more delays on set, he held the prop gun to his head, just joking, la, like, can you believe this crap? And he pulled the trigger as a joke. Mm-hmm. You know, as people do with their hands, sometimes yeah. they make a gun signal and they pull. And that was a purely a blank, but mm. just the blank itself from that close range was enough to fracture his skull mm. and send a bone fragment the size of a quarter into his brain line and he died six days later. Damn. Wow. How can so yeah, graphic? So, how, do you, how do you know so, such graphic details about it? Because there was this article talking about um, that was published back in 1994 uh, called John Eric Hexham's Fatal Joke. Damn. Wow. Yeah. So, so, and... And even last year, I believe there was uh, an accident on set involving a producer and a train. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I think it was a couple of years back, right? Oh, sorry. Oh shit. Yeah. Twenty fourteen. She was yeah. killed after a freight train crashed into the crew. Yeah. Um, and there have been these accidents, which which kind of begs the question, like why, you know. Like you see so many um construction website uh sites in Singapore, you know, everything is safety, safety, safety. The thing mm. about these Hollywood sets, um what like why 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 is there still such a emphasis on prop guns and and even live firearms on set? La? I mean, um I, I com- coming from the creative side of things, I think definitely you want everything on set to be as realistic or look as realistic as possible. Uh. And that mm. includes gunfire and everything. Of course, you can use CGI and all these things, but there's really nothing like the recoil of a gun that can be, that, that is so obvious whether it's real or fake, uh, right? You know, when you watch mm-hmm. a lot of CG, CG bullets and all that, you can tell it's not real because there's no recoil uh, when, the, when the actor fires. Um, but, 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 you know, the... The weight of a gun, the recoil, and everything—it's, it's not easy, easily replicable. And then even when we filmed a, a scene of a gun in our TV series, you know, we were using a, a, a dummy gun or so, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it had to have at least like the the weight, right? It had the weight, but it didn't have the that recoil that that when you fire and, and things like that, lah. So mm. um, I, I mean, I. I can understand why people are upset and saying why why are we still having prop guns and things like that. But at the same time I also see from the see from the side of like creatively, like you only got that one chance to get the shot and everything. You want it to look as as realistic and as as good as possible. Lah. So ah, it's a tough one, man. If someone tells me that you can't have a real uh, you can't have like a working prop gun on set nah. Mm. And I would I think that is a question that I can imagine a lot of people having and to add on to that just from an actor perspective right because mm. uh, Terence has directed a, a bunch of stuff and I have acted in roles where I've needed to fire guns or mm. just just have that and yeah it's true like with a with a gun that just has that weight right is damn hard to to simulate a recoil and it looks like mm. shit mm-hmm. it it looks like it looks like shit and um, you know, in some way, there is a lot of glorification of actors who do, you know, the method acting. You know, they really immerse themselves in the character. Mm. They stay true to the character and it's seen as something that's glorified. La. But in mm. some sense, if you extend that, you want the set. That's why so much money is invested into building a set that's lifelike because you want it to be as close to reality as possible. So, mm-hmm. I guess that that is the, how you say, uh, unfortunate dilemma like should you choose a prop gun if yeah like what you say if you as a director right you have limited budget you have limited time to film you want to get the best out of your actors you want to increase the odds mm. you would use a prop gun if you could yeah right? yeah but here's the inevitable and, question that will come up right like um I, i'm sure that, that why your story got guns no no, no that, besides that but i think people will be asking uh, could anybody have foreseen this and and maybe wanted to speak up about it, but but because of the power dynamic on set and things like that, they can't. Mm. I mean, apparently, apparently there was a walkout from some crew, no, um, a few days before this about yeah. the the conditions on set. Yeah, and 
apparently like they left and the uh, production hired like four non-union people to take their place mm-hmm. and i guess i guess the one thing that is also maybe not the most common knowledge for people outside the industry is that film sets can be fucking brutal when it comes to the amount of time you spend on set mm. how little rest you get mm. the conditions i mean they were filming it at a at a creek ranch which was out in like like a sort of like arid land you know very sandy yeah like you can assume that with big budgets come okay like big um uh like uh, they, like caring for the welfare of people but you mentioned earlier in the podcast that there was a impending strike just a few weeks ago about conditions on set in general mm. and if you're working like 18 hours a day you know you're just fucking tired you can have the best team in the world um managing the prop guns and all but accidents are bound to happen like, and i think that's why this is causing such a conversation because one is the prop guns on set like mm. okay if you think about it we're never going to stop having movies with explosions yep, right yep and I think people, like, it's very hard to recreate at this point a bus exploding and all that. So there will be that practical effects thing, but it's just done carefully. Like, for, for prop mm. guns, it needs to be done carefully also. But I think the bigger question is what kind of conditions are there on set? What are the processes and all that? Like? Mm, mm, because mm. like you said, the AD passed the gun over. Mm. I've been in a position where after an 18-hour shoot that we did, I was doing stupid shit. Mm, yeah. Like... Right, like I've literally gotten into minor car accidents, you know, after like you know, very very long shoots. And the next day, I'm like getting back on shoot at like seven a.m. again, and just like I just, I just fall asleep on like halfway on the road and that kind of thing. Uh. Yeah, yeah, same thing happened to me, and it freaked the freaked me out like crazy. Like every time I think about that moment, I'm like, oh shit, it could have gone very wrong, lah. But mm-hmm. you know, like it's one of those things that, uh, if if time is running out, if you are you're, you're, you're not going to be filming at that location the next day. There's a lot of pressure to just, mm. okay, just just do it, you know, just do it and, and push yourself. La. And yeah. unfortunately, in this case, feels like somewhere along the the line, something happened. La. Yeah. And it's yeah. so damn sad, man. And I think uh, in Singapore, we are, like, like you said, uh, we are quite well-placed to talk about this kind of thing because actually, uh, if anything, one good thing about the army is, is really like, you learn to really uh whether whatever reason is for like, whether to cover your backside or to really ensure the safety of your of your men that kind of thing. You do follow there there is a lot of uh protocol that you need to follow like, when you're dealing with firearms. So so it it's literally like every person who draws rounds or whatever needs to sign off on it. Before they load the weapon or anything, they need to check. They need to like do a sort of ceremony and stand in front of someone and check clear. You know, after firing weapon, there's also a very another very big ceremony of checking clear. You know, everybody stands at attention and then they they check for li- uh, any rounds on their body after the live firing. So, so uh, it's just so it's just such a cumbersome thing, and the things that we all are so we've all gone through it and we're all so used to it already that that in certain times on production like also you can sort of see when, when shortcuts are being taken, right? When it comes to safety. Mm. And, and, and and in some ways, maybe that, that makes, uh, if in, any Encheks decide to go to Hollywood and then become prop gun masters and stuff like that, I think they actually will do a damn good job. Because they'll be the ones, yeah. in, you know, knowing what protocol to to institute. Like for example, the AD needing to check clear before taking the, the, the weapon and things. I think that's important. Yeah. So what happens when you check clear? You say it a few times. Oh, you check describe clear, it check for clear. people. Yeah. It's basically when you... For Singapore who hasn't yeah. been to army. Correct, correct. Sorry. That was really sexist of me to assume that. Yeah, that man. Would... Come on, man. Uh, it's basically where you have to uh, point the gun away from anybody. Like, liter- like literally point it to the sky or something. Pull back the pull back the barrel. So that... Because usually when you pull a barrel, there's somewhere where you can look into the... When you pull back the... I don't know what you call it. The... the the, I mean, basically, you cock your weapon. La. You, you, mm-hmm. you cock your weapon, hold it with your hand, turn in such that you can look into the hole to see the barrel and check, literally check that the barrel is clear of rounds or clear of any debris that, that could cause problems. La. Then you, then you, then you, uh, you know, release and then you say, okay, the, the, the weapon is clear. La. Or, or in the mm. case, or in this case where, where, you know, if there might have been a live round or something like that, I think you, you, someone there should be another set of eyes, ensuring that whatever was loaded into the gun was loaded correctly as well, lah. 
you know. Mm. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting that you bring up the detail of processes and how comprehensive it was because fuck-ups will still happen. And I speak mm. from experience because I fucking misfired in army. Did oh, I ever tell you that? Yeah. No, 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 never, never. Yeah, it Where was after like like a march or something. It was in broad daylight, no. Mm. And and I was holding a leadership position in that 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 wing like at that point mm. in time at OCS. Mm. And you know, like with that, you know, comes with like oh responsibility and all that. So we finish. We were all sitting down, and before we enter the the area where we congregate, we have to check clear lah. So I was like, pull back, cock, cock, check clear. Then I fucking forgot to take out my magazine. Oh, and the magazine oh, is that is that C-shaped thing that you see at the bottom of an M16 or something. Mm. So while I was cocking, I was loading blanks in and I fired and I heard the boom and immediately like I think like some of some of me is left uh, was left in that, that grassy patch. Uh. Mm. I was like, oh shit. So yeah, so this Do you get, do you get charged or anything? I did. Oh, I did. Nice, nice. And what was hey, the punishment? <laughs> what the hell? No, hey, hey, hey. no I'm trying, why, to, why I'm trying nice? to say, make a why case nice? here that no, is explain, explain no, why nice. There was no favoritism towards you just because you were in OCS or anything. Uh, that's what but, I want to make but sure. But why would that be favoritism? We were all cadets, right? I wasn't uh, an officer yeah, then. Please lah, all future leaders, all future. Don't give me this running, shit We're going, going, going to be running SPH <laughs> and going to be running Neptunorian <laughs> no, lines this in the is, future. This is where you have to take off your bias and prejudice hat, ah. Uh. And just stop <laughs> shitting on people. You know, like... No, no, no. So, was, so, that's why I'm asking you just to say, yeah. to say up front, like, what was the, the charge and everything. The no, but like. the, I will get there. But the way you uh. said nice, nice, I tell you, that hurt. <laughs> no. that, that, that hurt. It felt like the the biggest case of Shiden fried that I've I've experienced personally. Like. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. It's just, that, it's just that I, Sergeant, so sometimes... People deserve to be charged for this kind of thing. Uh. <laughs> I, mean, it's I never true, say it's I true. never say yeah. I know I never say I, de- I didn't deserve. I totally mm. deserve it because it was my ma- yeah. error. But exactly, I think you exactly. better check yourself. Uh. You better uh, check okay. yourself. Okay. Yeah, but anyway, I think I got the the baseline was twelve, but because I was holding a leadership position, I got eighteen days. Oh, that, 18. I, that I yeah, nice. so I was in camp and I couldn't book out and every hour that we weren't training I had to report to the HQ la. and one of my mm seniors from school was the officer in charge at night la. so when I report yeah he would just ask me to take out my, my shit put it back take out my shit put it back and it was annoying as fuck la. but mm. it was a deterrent yeah, 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 yeah. it was a huge deterrent and I think right now for prop guns on set and all not saying that there needs to be deterrence where people like fucking actually no maybe there should be la, for prop guns if you accidentally mishandle it or something there should be things in place uh, that that the, the consequences like and it shouldn't just result, like uh arise from someone dying on set. I think I think yeah maybe I mean it could be a uh, like you know if you're seen not handling it prop properly, uh that's you get a warning and then if you do it one more time you you get fired lah, essentially. Yeah, I mean if you think about it now for intimate scenes right you mm. yeah I think it's more common where you have the intimacy coordinator like just yeah. someone there. Yeah, you have a yeah. close set and everybody knows that it's an intimate scene being filmed. Mm. Um, I don't... Singapore definitely does not have regulations at all for, okay, if you have a prop gun uh, at all. I think in Singapore, you can't use blanks. Just off the top of the... Mm, across yeah, the board. I, mean, I think you can't use blanks. I don't think you can't get... Yeah, it's not like US... I mean, uh, that uh, obviously this is generalization, but I, I have walked into a Walmart in the US before and, and I could... I, I mean, I saw... Blanks being sold right next to Nintendo Switch cartridges, lah. No. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the right, the next section. That's the funny thing. Yeah. That's like saying, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm ordering Red Mart. Uh, what do you need? You need milk, uh, cereal, and what blanks? Uh? blanks. Yeah. Okay, okay. Can I to my Red Mart order? Not. No, no. I'm very angry. I'm very angry now. I need to go and fire some. I need to fire a gun. Oh, I love it. I would be surprised, yeah. yeah like it yeah, comes yeah. in an Amazon drone delivered to your doorstep, and you're like, bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Oh. Crazy. crazy, but I mean, I can't even imagine like what, what what's going to happen to Alec Baldwin in this case. I think that's the other part that we haven't touched on, and I don't even know mm. enough uh to touch on because he was fulfilling his capacity as an actor given a prop gun, and he fired mm. it as he was supposed to, but he killed mm. someone. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess it it's it's a very bad accident, uh. It's like, I mean, it could yeah, and apparently he was performing. He was performing so. It's not like he was just playing around a bit or what. Like he was literally, I think, performing the scene and all. 
when that happened. Yeah. Uh. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's I I find it hard to find any uh, some kind of uh, equivalent thing like like you know someone uh, you know say a driver a bus driver or something getting an accident or what because that one that one seems more more uh, punishable uh. whereas this one is you are literally following the instructions that you are being given while performing your job and, and doing everything properly like, right so yeah, yeah exactly. I don't know, man. but he's a producer lah, so there might be some repercussions on on him as a producer rather than just as an actor so when you say producer for the people who might not be familiar, what what do you mean by that? Uh, uh that means he's probably one of the people who put the project together, hired the people, got the funding, and all these things involved. That's that's how you get credited kind as like a producer, the, Yeah, the project manager, la, almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. Project manager, correct. Yeah. So I mean, it's still it's still early days. Like uh, there are petitions being created, and I think it's just. It's just a sad thing that happened in the midst of already a lot of tensions between uh, freelance uh, people in the media industry in the US and the institutions and all that. Mm. All the big streaming platforms, all all of whom are being accused for not paying the wages that are commensurate with the size of budgets. Yeah, correct, correct, correct. But yeah. Yeah, man. Damn. Sad, man. Sad. Tough time. So, uh, I mean... uh, but speaking of uh, yeah, we were just talking about bus drivers and and everything. So speaking of that, our next topic is also about uh, uh, I mean, no, no, not also lah, but it's about a conflict between two people, an actual conflict between people involving a mm. bus driver and a and a passenger, try who was yeah. not following safety protocol, right? Yeah, yeah. But sorry, do you have something to add as a as a final word for the earlier one? I mean, I think it's 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 sad, but I'm also curious how people think about like let's say if you don't know the intricacies of uh the media industry, how how should Alec Baldwin Baldwin be treated? Because ultimately he was fulfilling his role doing his job and someone died. As a result of his actions, yes, but it was actions that he was doing as he needed to do. It's almost like uh, yeah, I don't know what an equivalent is, but it's such a fucking ridiculous uh, case. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tough. But yeah, so so tough, tough. Yeah. But yes. But yes, so our second topic, uh, mm. what is this second topic about? And we know it includes, involves bus drivers and, and conflict and not following safety protocols. Yeah, correct. So, um, there was a, it was, there was this ongoing case that uh, this one individual, Niman, Nimal De Silva, uh, was accused of verbally abusing a Singaporean, uh, a bus driver in Singapore who was a Chinese national. Um, mm. how, how would you pronounce his name? X-U-B-O. Shubo. Uh, Shibo. Okay. Yeah. All right. Bus driver. I will refer yeah. <laughs> to the, the bus driver. And apparently, like, this guy, Nimal De Silva, he was not wearing a mask. And mm. when he tried to enter this bus, the bus driver kind of told him, you can't... No, he was wearing a neck, a neck garter or something. Mm. I think one of those things that are like maybe cloth covering the the mouth and the bus yep. driver didn't let him in like, because he wasn't sure that it complied with the SBS uh, requirements. Yep. So this this guy started um, questioning the bus driver and live streaming it. Mm-hmm. Correct. And basically, he used some language that was deemed as xenophobic. Mm. Um, and while he pleaded guilty to a single charge under the Protection from Harassment Act, mm. the the his lawyer did say that, oh, what he said was not xenophobic and not divisive and not prejudiced. Mm. So, yeah. so, I mean, what... like. Well, what did you make of make of this uh, when you first no, saw it? I think you missed one final point is that the judge uh, ended up rejecting that plea mm. of guilt. So even though he was pleading guilty, the judge said that you are not remorseful because you don't think that what you said was racist or xenophobic. So they've rejected his plea of guilt and I think uh, they're going to like you know, sentence him based on on, on, on that, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, the, the thing is like what he said apparently was... Um, Let's see, yeah. What exactly did he say? Speak uh, English. You're so. not in China now. Oh yes, yeah. correct. 
That's what you said. This is the problem when you have Chinese, China people working in Singapore, you are going to go down expletive. Mm. These expletive are basically uh, playing punk. Let's play mm. punk together. Speak mm. English, you're not in China right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. So, so, the, so they're trying to the, say that, the, what, I think the lawyer tried to argue that if the guy was uh, Malay and couldn't speak English, then Silver would, would, would say, speak Malay, uh, speak English, you're not in Malaysia. So that is not xenophobic in itself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean that's yeah, the, the prosecutor said that uh literally uh he took he took issue with how the prosecution took De Silva's rant out of context and characterized it as xenophobic and racist in nature. Mm. So I guess the reason why I wanted to speak about this about our second more goofier topic is because like this feels like fucking ridiculous that the prosecutor would defend it that way. Like, although I mean the defendant a lawyer would say it that way, although that's that's kind of his job, la. But mm. I think also you're saying that the defendant lawyer was like like trying to say that it wasn't xenophobic. That 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 is comical. That's that's yeah. I find that comical, la, because mm-hmm. uh, but that's where I also wanted to understand the perspective of someone else, like namely you, about whether it was that clear cut for you. Because to me, it's definitely xenophobic, and I found it comical also that in the age of you know live streaming uh, as the victim <coughs> being abused this guy mm. for some reason wanted to live stream that and in the end got into trouble himself la. yeah uh, can we start from the the point about wearing the neck uh, garter or whatever it's called neck gaiter uh, uh. I think at that point of time it was still very early stages la, right that we're talking about it uh when was that? Uh? When was this? When did this thing happen? Was it in uh, uh, August 2020 or something? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, around around August 19th uh, last year, lah. Uh, so yeah. there were not not this year. We're talking about last year, lah. So August 19, correct. Um, not not saying that it was the early stages of pandemic, but there was a lot of uh, you know, remember there was like, oh, do we wear masks or not wear masks? Don't wear masks. Then after that, oh, must wear masks, but. You know, it needs to be certain type of mask that works and all that. So, uh, I think at that point, probably people, I can't remember exactly when it was, but it was that point when people started to acknowledge, okay, we got to just, you know, buy masks, whether they're cloth masks or whatever masks and start wearing them. And I think at that point in time, some people were still trying to uh, get around the rules slightly by like, you know, wearing neck gaiters, which is a bit like, it's more like a fashion kind of thing, I would say. Uh, like mm. like something that you wear to keep your neck warm, like a bit like a scarf that you just that is one loop by itself, and you just put it over your neck, and then you just he was using this to just pull up as his mask, which um, yeah yeah you know over time we found out that is uh, there's been evidence that it's not as effective as a typical like a, a normal surgical or medical face mask, and mm. uh, yeah lah, so MOH has since then come out and clarified that not. That that you can't use uh neck gaiters, you can't use like uh um uh, you know, scarves, bandanas, handkerchiefs, uh in place of a mask. Cause all these things are at the end of the day they're not meant to cover your face. So they can very easily drop off or or, or whatever. Or, or they might even have more germs on them than than a mask itself, like right. I'm not I mean I'm just I'm just putting out there why why the neck gaiters banned. Uh, mm. but Probably that's the reason why also he himself probably was very um, upset. I mean, the, the, the silver himself was probably very upset that he wasn't allowed on the bus because maybe at that time he felt that, hey, why why not? I'm covering my face also. It's a mask, right? Uh, mm. So I'm, I'm not excusing his behavior. I'm just ex- trying to explain why he might have got so upset. Um, and, 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 and I don't know. Do you think maybe he... He he got really upset and then he he just I mean, in a fit of rage just just came out and just said something uh inappropriate. Yeah, I mean I think it's one of those things that I mean August last year I'm trying to think of what was my state of mind last year, August. I don't think it was the best. Mm. Um right. And I think everyone was kind of like, Oh fuck, how long is this gonna go on? Because we had just come out of circuit breaker mm. uh, or like the phase two heightened alert. But I think it's one of those instances where he thought he was uh doing right by calling out this I don't know like this discriminatory behavior because he posted a Facebook video mm. uh by himself on his own page mm. right so that's where I think I think it's one of those things that I think 
there, there's a lot more messaging and uh, nudging towards how people cannot abuse uh, frontline workers, uh, transport uh, personnel and all. But mm. I think it's it's easy too, lah, unfortunately. Mm. And I think this guy just thought for whatever reason he was in the right. Yeah, yeah it blows my mind, man. It blows my mind that he that he did that. Lah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I maybe I have I painted it too uh, sympathetically in his, his favor thus far because um, I, I didn't mention that uh, he wasn't allowed on the bus, right? But he literally used the door cock button outside the bus to open the doors and force himself, force his way in. La. So, mm-hmm. for those who don't know, there's a, I think there's a little emergency door cock uh, button outside the bus. They usually only use in emergencies or, f- or for the bus driver to use. Like, it's not for the, the normal passengers to, to press. But this guy was so insistent on getting on the bus that he used that and forced his way on the bus like, and started to do his whole live streaming thing. So uh, it's a lot more aggressive kind of behavior than than just merely standing his ground and, and refusing to get off the bus. Like. And he also, like there was another passenger that offered him the mask mm, and he said mm. he did not want to give in. Yeah, So. Yeah. So I just felt like, um, I mean, for me, why this thing just blew my mind is that I guess he, he really was convinced of his own um, perspective that it was right and not wrong. La. And whenever stuff like this happens where people put stuff online that ultimately shoots them in the foot, I just wonder like, shit, I guess maybe because we live in the world of social media that if we saw the video, I'm pretty sure I would have been like, uh, okay, this is going to cause trouble for you. Yeah. I just wonder how what the thought process is uh, for someone like him, lah. Uh, but like I said that like, he might have been consumed with rage at the point of time that it didn't matter. Uh, and and and. and but he even had to said, post it, cause he, oh, he live streamed it. Live-streamed, correct, correct, correct. Yeah, he he live streamed it, so he didn't, didn't have time record, to think about it. Uh, yeah, he didn't have time to think about it. Okay, yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah, the that's yeah, a different yeah. thing. Correct, like, correct. But yeah. one one also thing that that stuck out for me is that I mean, if it even reached the level of ministers, lah. Mm. Um and a minister yeah put put out a statement back in August after when it first happened and you know who the minister was Ong Yi Kang yeah, yeah man minister of transport what at that the point f- right yeah like yeah. even the, the last episode we were talking about electricity relate re- retailers and all that and who was the minister who commented uh Gan Kim Yong I'm mm. like why why is it just these three people what are yeah. the other ministers doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything it just revolves around this Bermuda Bermuda Triangle of like these three ministers and like it just and that also stuck out to me mm. I guess I I have a lot of spillover effect from the announcement of the new restrictions continuing Correct, correct, correct. Yeah, but yeah. Do you think yeah. Do you think what he said was xenophobic and racist? Oh yeah, I think so lah. Confirm. Mm. What if What do if you? here's here's a thought experiment uh. Uh. What if he turns around and says. I was performing stand-up comedy. That's why I This is all a social it. experiment. Yeah. This is a social experiment. No, 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 no not a social experiment. I was performing stand-up comedy. Stand-up comedy is an art form. You need to give me more artistic license to say offensive stuff. That's why I was live streaming it. How? What would um, you think of that defense? Weak lah. Because <laughs> the thing is... <laughs> I know, I, I, I know. I'm only asking this because this... Stems from a lot of things I've been reading about the Dave Chappelle special as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, sorry, so, so I mean, that's... No, I, I think it's... Because... Uh, like, I think a stand-up comic, you can almost kind of quantify how funny you are by the laughter of the live audience. Like. This one... Mm-hmm. There's live not stream, even that, live stream, know? live stream. You never know. Stream, there could be audience on the other side, right? Yeah, lah, But you don't know, You don't. So it just weakens your case, like just correct, weakens correct. your case. But he could say that, lah. If 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 based on what a lot of the arguments are, is that oh, it's it's a performance, it's performing arts. It needs to be given artistic license <laughs> so, to be funny. So these he could arguments say, I'm are live you... streaming for an audience. I'm a stand-up comedian, and you know I can say anything I want against this guy. You all shouldn't punish me. So you're, you're, all the stuff you're reading, you're reading online or on our subreddit specifically? <laughs> both, 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 both. Don't be so passive-aggressive, <laughs> la, Terrence. No, but, no, as in, but you to read me, some was, comments. Uh, no, I, I really, try, it shows you that I'm really trying to process what people are saying, you see, about when mm. you apply, when do you give someone artistic license to say something that, uh, that, you know, everyone can look and say, hey, that's offensive, you know? Um, mm and 
I mean, this guy literally, he is in a position to live stream. He live streamed himself, like, right? But does it make yeah. what he said okay in the context and all, like, right? I mean, uh, I think maybe, like, go on. No, yeah, yeah. So, so it, it, I think, I think everyone who is like standing in ground saying Dave Chappelle should be given artistic freedom, say whatever he wants, needs to think about uh, situations like this, like you know, where someone is literally live streaming. I mean, his the excuse that he's giving here is almost as as cock as the excuse that I'm literally giving him as well, like, right? Which is that he's performing mm. for he's performing for his live stream audience and all, right? So does that does that fly? does that fly? No. What if you know the line is this is the problem where you have China people working in Singapore, you're going to go down exploitive this, uh, blank, uh, basically, uh, playing punk, let's play punk together, speak English. You're not in Sing- China right now. So assuming like even let's say the next line was okay, speak English. You're not in China right now. You're in Singapore where all races live in harmony, and I see you as my brother. And we're all part of the same family, and I love you, and we will make this work. Mm. Then how? So yeah, is this part of the the standard com uh, the standard comedy? No lah, the thought experiment lah. Oh, okay, okay. So this is a separate comedy. thought experiment from the from the performing stand up one, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because that's also something yeah. that comes up about how certain lines are taken taken out of context. Yes. So yes. this is purely a thought experiment. I assume that during his live stream he carried on with the same rhetoric. Yeah. But what if that last line was that? Uh then I think you have to look in the larger context, huh? Yeah. Mm. That, that that maybe he was really trying to express Hey, I don't understand you. I'm trying to understand you as another human being, you know? And then, yeah, because uh, we're all and, human and, beings. And, but also uh again, him using the dog hawk button outside the bus to force his way in. Is, uh, yeah, I think that's that, separate. That's separate. That, that one has to be taken out, like, Cause that is like aggressive, really aggressive behavior. So, so it's, yeah, yeah. it's that's separate. I mean, I can totally understand why the protection from harassment act. Like, anyone who forces his way through your door is harassing you, like, right? Uh, yeah. No, so, but so, yeah, that's separate. That's separate. The dog yeah. thing. I'm saying, like, let's say if there were other yeah, lines, yeah. context. Yeah, that were not context matters, context. Harish. Context matters. You got to listen to the. I know. Whole, that's what I'm. The whole thing. Hey, hello. Yeah. That's what I'm pointing out. Don't know, try and like yeah, yeah, yeah. usurp the the moral policing that I was trying to point out and make it seem like it's yours. Because no, 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 no. I, I, like I'm, I'm, I'm being a, I'm quoting a lot of uh, a lot of things I'm reading about the Chappelle thing as well. Context matters, Terence. Oh. Context matters, Harish. Like, no, but like but context we, does, you know, con- yeah. correct. Because I think there were some comments about how we were looking at lines in isolation, right? I totally agree. Context matters, but also because context matters, um, yeah, there, there's also a certain level of subjectivity uh sometimes like and i think i think it's it's a, a, a worthwhile point proven like even this own thought experiment like but i think mm. in this case there was overwhelming evidence that what he said that i feel is clearly xenophobic and prejudiced like correct 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 next time right next time your social yeah. experiment you try lor. you just get yourself try, a live stream and then walk around just saying saying offensive shit f- and then you tell people it's like, like comedy now, now everything is a social experiment. I'm half in mind like <laughs> Gan Kim Yong, Lawrence Wong, and uh, Ong Kang are going to start their own YouTube channel saying, hey guys, it's all been a social experiment. It's a prank, yeah. bro. This whole thing's been a prank. The last two years have yeah, been a prank. Yeah, this whole thing is a prank. Uh, but you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, um, all these thought experiments and everything aside, I think, uh, uh, you know, this was just a case of the lawyer trying to, if you ask me anything, it's the lawyer who's, who's, who's really like taking stuff out of context and, and all that. Uh, what he's saying, mm, trying mm. to argue uh, with something that is very obviously is 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 not true, lah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Cool. All yeah. right, all right. So all right. we go on to the one shoot comment of, <laughs> no. of the, yeah, one of shoot the podcast. Why don't we've, you we've start? been talking? We've been talking a lot about comments already, lah. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, for me, for me, um, I think we already mentioned it, but but it's just been, it's just been getting more and more responses as well, like, where where people are. Um, Still talking about the, you know, the Dave Chappelle, the Dave Chappelle episode uh, that we did. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of um, uh, very, very, very long exchanges between users on our Reddit as well, which I think is really mm. interesting to read. La. And uh, uh, is, I think maybe more than anything, I, uh, like what Harish said, I think for, for us, I think a lot of people also neglect to, neglect the fact that we, we are both huge fans of Dave Chappelle, so like, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and and not just that, 
but also that uh, we watched the entire special. We watched the entire special um, to make sure that we had as much of a, a very clear uh, understanding of what the special was about. Um, plus, we, as much as possible, try mm. not to isolate what he says, the, the, the one or two lines he says without the understanding the full context of what he's saying. Uh, and at the end of the thing, we are also encouraging everyone to watch the special for yourself, to make a decision for yourself. And for me, I thought that uh, if anything, they should just put a disclaimer at the front of the special. And no, I'm not saying take it down. I'm saying put a disclaimer at the front of it, lah. Correct. Because uh, if you mm. if you just read the comments without listening to what yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah. about, I scared. I'm afraid that a lot of people will think that we are saying that Dave Chappelle should be banned. We should not be allowed to say what what what, what we want to say and things like that, lah. Right. But but I think that couldn't be further from the truth, lah. Yeah, so so that was generally mm. my, my. If you ask me one short comment, it was just uh, there's a whole thread of comments, and I, I just wanted to bring it up again because a lot of people are having very strong views about it, lah. And how about you? What is your one short comment? Yeah, but before jumping into like to my one short comment, I just wanted to echo that sentiment, lah. I think whenever we respond to comments even if it's like how huh, we disagree with it's always good to hear from people and what we always want to do is show like go through our thought process and it's always great if you consume the content that we're talking about and form opinions of your own mm. so just wanted to put that out there as well correct correct because cool. i think that like, even the latest thing is that dave Chappelle says that if netflix takes down the special he's going to go on a u.s tour of the special basically oh is it <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I laughed when I saw that because that's like, I mean, that's such a Dave Chappelle thing to do, lah, really. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, like, I mean, that's one of those things. Like, I think it, if they take it down, yeah, it just feels like it would cause more people to want to watch it, yeah. right? And it's, they're in that, that little conundrum now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's one of those things that, yeah, watch it. The only way I think we can move forward with this kind of stuff is for people to watch stuff, converse, and discuss about things that might be controversial. Mm hmm. Cool. Yeah. So it, okay, yeah, then, what's your one short comment? Yeah, my one short thing is a is a is just a one line comment that I thought was interesting to talk about. Uh it's from Dangerous Crime and it's on the podcast uh two 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 where we talked about the latest round of allegations against NOC line. And the question was, I'm just wondering how do you guys and other media companies protect yourself if they decided to come after you guys for talking about them or something? And I wanted to touch on this because, I mean, we can't speak on behalf of other media companies. Mm. But the reason why we are generally quite confident about talking things the way we talk about it is because, first of all, we have been doing content around controversial issues for years mm. and just picked up certain things that, okay, we have taken note of or learned. Like, let's say if you want to talk about something that, like, about someone you, if you focus more on their actions than them personally it's a high level uh, guideline for not falling into the uh, vein of defamation mm. but at the same time also we do hold back um, taking unnecessary risks like for example when we were talking to So Ruyong a lot of people said you know we didn't ask the hard questions we totally could have asked questions about the lawsuit but it's a line we drew la, that why take the risk if it could make uh, the legal process harder for So Ruyong and even implicate us. Mm. So I think it's almost like, thankfully, it's a it's an inbuilt like a subconscious filter for for both of us. And I think we have gotten comfortable enough to know when to say things that could implicate us. I mean, when not to say things and and still speaking our minds. Like I mean, we speak openly about the ministers and joking around with them. But if you look at it in detail, I'm fairly sure that we haven't said anything that would fall into legal territory. La. So when it comes to NOC with this, if you think about what we talked about, we were talking about what's available in the news, mm. uh, what's available in public media. We try not to share our own personal anecdotes because then it becomes a one-sided thing. Mm -hmm. So so yeah, the short short answer to your question is that yeah, it's, it's a very conscious decision on our part and if it doesn't feel that way, then that's good because that means our minds are working the way we want them to. La. Yeah, and, and I think... Uh we we always state that these whatever are brought up against them are allegations, all right? Um, not just mm, to mm, not mm. just about covering our backside, but the truth is they are just allegations. And uh, until an authority or someone comes out and says that they are true or you know they are guilty or whatever, 
there's still there's still allegations, uh, right? So you mm. need you need to give the the party a benefit of a doubt as well, uh, That they that Correct. that they are just allegations. That means allegations, uh, pointing. I mean, allegations. Literally, the word just tells you that they are, you know, uh, accusations from one party to another, and there's still a chance mm. that it, that is not true and everything, uh, Right? Like like yeah, like uh, exactly. a lot a lot of the screenshots and all that. How how do you know that hundred percent that they haven't been doctored and everything? We don't know, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Correct. So it's it's correct. it's important to to also give the other side benefit of doubt, and I think that's we we try to strike that balance. So 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 people don't don't find what we say to be defamatory or anything, lah. Yep. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Cool, so uh, after all that negativity, uh, what is your one shot mm. thing? My one show thing is this uh, re- show that I recently started watching on Netflix. Mm. It's called Alien Worlds. Mm. Have you heard of it? Uh, no, haven't. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I generally love sci-fi and alien stuff. Um, and this one struck me because it's kind of like a documentary. But what mm. it does, right? It and what they say in their description is that it the show applies the laws of life on Earth mm. to the rest of the galaxy and imagines what alien species on these planets would look like. Mm. So I watched one episode and it talks about this fictional uh, planet called Atlas. I know Atlas is one of Saturn's moons, but mm. I think the Atlas that they refer to is, is a fictional planet and they just change certain variables uh, of characteristics that we also have on Earth. Like for example, there, it's twice as big, which means the gravity is also a lot higher than uh, Earth, which mm. means that it pulls the air molecules closer to Earth, which means it's thicker air over there which means that animals that fly don't need to do as much to fly and you can get animals that live solely without ever touching the ground Mm. it's almost like a liquid Mm. and then they kind of extrapolate what the ecosystem will look like there and it's fucking mind-blowing man because they compare like okay how birds fly on earth Mm. how does that shape their feathers their wings and all that and then on this fictional planet Mm. how the flying animals there would live and it's damn it's damn I I love it Mm. I watched one episode so far I see I see so so yeah, it's pretty damn cool. cool. Uh, it's it's yeah. very science based and science focused, lah, Right? Yeah, yeah, correct. Okay. It's great. Okay, that's cool. I enjoy yeah. I enjoy those once in a while, especially yeah. after watching something like that. I also recently just watched on Netflix, which is uh my one shock thing. But uh, again, with a disclaimer that this it's some scary shit, and only watch it if you have the stomach for it, and you hopefully don't sleep alone at night and things like that, lah. It is mm. the the limited series on Netflix about a series of uh, 11 deaths of a, a, an Indian family, the Burari, in, in Burari, they call it the Burari family deaths, uh, where 11 mm. members of a same family were found dead in a house in 2018. Um, you know, 10 of them hanging from the ceiling and one of them on the uh, strangled on the ground. Uh, so we're talking about three generations: uh, grandmother, uh, father, father and mothers, and even young uh, kids as well. Uh, all uh, mm. found dead together in uh, in North Delhi in a place called Burari. Uh. So um, there's oh, a Netflix Allah, series about it. It's called House of Secrets: The Burari Deaths. Uh, yeah, and and it's only like like three or four episodes. I can't remember, but it's very uh, yeah, it's very it's a uh, it's a. I mean, the way it was framed is 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 what I thought was pretty good, like In the sense that I think the even the filmmakers themselves, they when they went into the to do the interviews and everything, they went in with a very open mind. Like they didn't do a lot of reading up and, and stuff like that because they wanted to feel like they were investigating the case from the ground up and all that. Uh, mm. And 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 I think the the series it had was framed as such as well. Where the first episode, you're not really sure what happened then slowly as you learn a little bit more about each member of the family then you're like oh fuck like the reality hits you lah. and uh you watch it before you sleep uh? i watched it over like two nights and uh i mean to be fair the the it was just really creepy lah, the imagery they, they don't show the actual video or pictures of the bodies hang and they did they, they, they show the feet lah, the feet but even that itself was like pretty harrowing already lah. And it stayed with me Aww. for a couple of nights. I, 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 won't, I won't deny, you know. Just just the, the just seeing image of like 10 people, like 10 people's feet hanging in the air and all. Yeah. So... Uh, but you specifically like watch it at, at night lah. 
I mean, that's the only time I have, uh, you know, during the day oh, working oh, and doing yeah. something. But, but I mean, if you're a fan of true crime documentaries and it's just a very, it's a very bizarre, it's a very bizarre murder. And every, I mean, not not murder, but it's a very bizarre uh, series of deaths that, um, yeah, is, is, uh, you know, it's very interesting to watch also because it, it took place in Delhi in a very packed area and, what seems like the most normal, you know, uh, three generation, very loving, fun Indian family, uh, and things like that, lah. So, yeah, uh, you should check it out. Are you? Oh, would you? Would right. you watch something like that? No, no, I would, I would, I would, you I would. would but it's very, yeah, I mean, I it's, it's much creepier than other stuff I recommended you before, you know. Like no, because to me, yeah. to me, that interests me because it really happened, and it's just an aspect of of uh, our society that it that that I find fascinating that oh shit what the hell happened there mm. as opposed to if it's fictional right I got less of a less of a less, less of a oomph because this one it actually happened that is what I find interesting mm. yeah 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 like how the hell did that happen yeah yeah so yeah that's, that's the yeah. thing like, I mean uh, there's a lot of the a lot of the true crime stuff that 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 uh, that comes out of India actually makes a very very good television uh, that's what I realised yeah, mm. so it's pretty. It's pretty. The, 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 I've watched a couple of really good series, and this is this one's pretty good as well. But yeah, I would say tread with caution. Nah. This big big disclaimer up front. Nah. Yeah, if not, if you watch it with young people, they probably yeah they they won't be able to sleep for a week. Nah, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's my one shock thing. That's a sounds like a very shock thing, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you watch that show first, then you watch Alien Worlds. And then you know you have a mix of like what has happened on Earth versus what could happen on other planets. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. Creepy, like Oof. creepy. Oof. Okay, yeah. cool. And awesome. Awesome. All right, cool. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. All right, see you. Bye bye.